This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. A very good evening to you and welcome to tonight's installments of Beyond Governance. Uh, my name is Nimrod Dembele. As always, it's a pleasure to be in your company. Uh, the country is abuzz with excitement as we draw nearer to the May uh, elections. And in some quarters, one might argue that there is nothing to be excited about as the, as the country is in a deep despair. The economy is languishing. Uh, we've noted recently that the IMF uh, has lowered the projected GDP growth from uh, 1.4 to 1.2, putting South Africa at the bottom of uh, um, sub-Saharan countries. Surely that's now something that we can all celebrate about. But, um, you know, this this brings to a million-dollar question that the election will probably center around. Um, the question is, um, you know, what will it take to turn the country around? And how do we resuscitate the, the ailing economy? And these are the questions that I will be, you know, posing to my in-studio guests later on. Moving on, moving on swiftly, uh, let me take this opportunity to, um, you know, um, thank... Uh, those who came before me, Kathy Kayla and uh, someone Esten, thank you very much for bracing the airwaves. Sasha Star, thanks for keeping up, uh, for keeping us updated on really what matters in and around the world. Mende Lindy, we well, thank you very much uh, as well. Um, as well as the Mark Flying Solo, I have Tabum Langen, who is the technical producer of the show. Uh, Tim and I tell I'm entirely grateful for your unwavering support. Uh, tonight's, um, you know, show, like I said earlier, is dedicated to two elections. As we've seen, uh, you know, uh, big parties like ANC and DA, uh, IFP, you know, um, and, and, the, and the likes pulling out the uh, so-called big shots from the from from the woodworks. We've seen the ANC bringing Tawambeki, um, you know, on board. We've seen the the DA bringing uh, Tony Leon. Uh, and whoever thought um, Tabombe will be back and will be will be so active, uh, you know, back in politics, could this be a sign of uh, good confidence uh, towards um, Sil Ramaphosa's um, imminent administration? Um, I'm saying that very cautiously. Um, you know, could this, you know, on the side of the DA, when the, um, when Tony Leon is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, hurting on behalf of the DA, does that imply confidence? Uh, on Musima Yemani's leadership, and those are some of the questions that you can always ask, because we, nothing is, is, is concluded. Um, you know, it is very clear in my mind that the 2019 elections is probably going to be the, the most contested elections. I mean, we have picked up that there are about 48 political parties, 48 political parties. When I looked at the list at some point, I could not even recognize the name. So, I mean, what does it really mean? And all these 48 part, uh, political parties will be vying for, um, you know, eligible votes that, that is estimated at 26.7, uh, give or take million. Uh, so, so these are the kind of issues that I want us to really, uh, get our, our teeth, uh, in it. Um, you know, moving on swiftly, let me just have this opportunity to welcome, uh, Unal Tim Tony, who is an ethics lecturer at Da Vinci Institute, um, as well as Mr. Justice Indaba, who is the executive director at Knowledge Inkers Group. Gentlemen, good evening and welcome. Good evening, Doug. How are you? Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to start with Unati. Um, you know, we have had, um, you know, th- you know, few conversations I've had with you on radio. Um, you know, the listeners were quite, um, you know, uh, up, up, you know, quite excited by 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 your eloquence in terms of uh, your level of acumen that you've displayed. And when you said you were coming through, I was like, my goodness, this is good. So hopefully we'll hear some of um, 
some of those SMSs coming through uh, asking, you know, very difficult questions, um, you know, for, for night. And of course, for Justice Sindabu, who's a regular um, uh, voice to the show. Moving on, uh, let me pass, maybe ask this very, very, ba- a very first question to Unati. Um, you know, in my prelude, I indicated there's about 48 uh, political parties vying for 2.7 million eligible voters. Um, what accounts for this so many, what accounts for so many political parties? Is it something that we need to celebrate? I mean, in a, in, in the, in the country that is have about what, 53 million, you know, people? Um, for the eight political parties, almost like a, you know, almost like a, a million per million people politi- for political party, uh, give or take. What accounts for these numbers? Thank you, and uh, I'm I'm glad to be here, and thanks for the opportunity. My voice is a bit hoarse today, but I hope I'm audible. I think the maybe the straight answer to that question is. There's a case, I think, that was in the High Court in Cape Town regarding the interpretation of Section 19.3b of the Constitution, which gives the right to individuals to stand for public office. And then there's the Electoral Act that says that for people to stand for elect or for public office, they must belong to a political party for provincial and national elections. So the Electoral Act, in my view, doesn't allow people to stand as individuals. And because it doesn't allow them to stand as individuals, but allows them to stand as members of political parties or as people associated with political parties, therefore people who want to stand for public office have no option but to form a political party. I think that's the one legal constitutional matter that perhaps the case that I think is happening in the Constitutional Court regarding the constitutionality of that Electoral Act will clarify. Of course, I think linked to that is also some general unhappiness with the kind of leadership that we've had in the country. And maybe people are looking for other opportunities to contest the elections and and broaden their the choices that the voting public has to decide who the leaders of the country would be. I think really those are, in my view, the two reasons why we have this plethora of political parties. Which goes to show that at some point we obviously might have to review the the, the, the constitutional uh, provision around individual rights versus that, I mean, individual rights, um, as, 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 as it ought to be celebrated, uh, outside the political party formation, because in that way, that just might ameliorate the plethora of political parties. Um, because there's, in one school of thought, um, one might argue that, um, the more political parties we have, um, you know, the, the weaker the democracy is, because we will, there will never be a viable alternative political party. Um, that will obviously challenge the NC as a majority party, as as it were. Uh, would you would you concur with that supposition? Well, it depends. I mean, the the, the evolution will always be a function of the dynamics that uh, that particular country. Uh, I think what we would consider, what people consider, the most advanced democracies tend to have to be two or three party systems. 
Um, so you would expect over time that this would also gravitate in one way towards that. But the other truth also is that you probably would have said something similar to the ANC about the party of Kenneth Kaunda, uh, Honorable President Kaunda. I saw that he was celebrating his 95th birthday the other day. Um, but that party doesn't exist at all. It doesn't exist. It's not that it doesn't even contest elections. It does not exist at all. So it can happen to the ANC as well. Um, and, and maybe these are the, 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 the signs that some of the elders in the ANC are seeing, uh, in, in them trying to have some form of renewal in the movement to ensure that that doesn't happen to the movement. I'm glad you raised the Kenneth Kaunda, uh, you know, scenario. I mean, when you look at the broader African continent, as it were, uh, I mean, the, the one of the examples that I could immediately think of is that of um, uh, Ghana, you know, uh, the very first the equivalent of ANC in Ghana only has one seat in, in parliament. Um, and, and sooner or later, it will also um, evaporate to thin air, uh, which means what we're seeing in, in, in the South African setup in terms of this uh, multiplicity of political parties uh, is indication that there's there's obviously loss of confidence in the ruling party and the extent to which the ruling party is failing to to be relevant uh, post uh, emancipation um, justice your take on 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 you know the evolution of the ANC or the evolution of the politics in the context of this multiplicity of political parties that we see <coughs> Uh, thanks, uh, Doc. I think the, by and large, I do agree with my fellow colleague here. Um, let's not forget, though, that this is the sixth general election um, in our 25 years. So, in 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 democratic terms, we're fairly young, we um, um, as a nation, and 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 so. It, our behavior as a nation as well politically in itself is is maturing in the sense that many of us is the first experiences over the years so i'm i'm not surprised that you would find that at least on the sixth version of our general election everybody you know is popping up and political parties are popping up everywhere so that that does not surprise me I think um, I tend to also agree with my colleague in the sense that the 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 electoral system that we chose the the one that um, at this point is a party list system where you you elect more a party than an individual seems to be problematic to our system. But I mean, by and large, we will probably. Um, when we mature, even the the, the 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 courts will be challenged, or we will probably revise the electoral system. From what I've seen in the wards in particular at local level, um, in KZN you begin to see a lot more people who want to stand on their own as independents, in my, at least in my urban area. We, and and you'd find there when I speak to a lot of people about why so, and then you people are beginning to say, look, uh, I don't mind. Uh, uh, people are beginning to split their uh, preferences, for instance, and say, look, I'll choose the NCA at the national level, but here in my street, 
I know this guy and I want this guy to, 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 to represent me to collect litter or whatever the case might be. So I think over the years that people would tend to split their votes along those lines if, if, if at least from the, what I'm experiencing seems to be uh, like that people are beginning to say, look, I'm splitting, I'm splitting my, my vote uh, per category, national, uh, provincial, uh, depending on my preference. So that is coming up more and more. Uh, three days ago, we were at um, uh, 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 in Johannesburg, where the president was was addressing a lot of um, uh, bus- so-called business people. A lot of them happen to be white, by the way. And when you speak to a lot of them, they're already saying almost similar to what I'm saying now. Say, look. We'll choose these guys to run the country, but uh, in my province, I definitely would choose somebody else. So people are beginning to to, to split their choices. So that behavior might um, grow more and more, which might then force us to review the, the, the electoral system. But perhaps maybe at the high level, we may talk about reviewing of the electoral system. Uh, when you probe deeper, um, there's a school of thought that, that um, looks at politics as... A means to an end, in some instances, politics as an end in itself. Um, my assessment at this point in time is that politics, uh, the mushroom of political parties, um, has taken the tone of politics as an end in itself, not as a means to an end. Uh, I'm not sure how correct that is, because um, when you look at other mature democracies, uh, those that enter into public space um, vying for those kinds of positions, firstly, they have a very solid educational background. Secondly, they are well established commercially. Commercially. You know, so when I, I, I back to the differ and I, somebody might just want to do a, a, a concept note in terms of probing or investigating the profile of the majority of the political parties. Because the problem, um, this is my thesis, this is, a, this is my hypothesis. The problem is that when you have a, a, political party formation uh, which looks at politics as, as, as a means to an end, uh, we have a problem. Um, I'm not sure how, if there's any merit in, 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 my, in, in my hypothesis, um, Unati. What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, even before you go to the phenomenon of the plethora of the political parties, the concept of Politics being an end or a means to an end already exists within both parties or, or, or the two majority parties that you have. People join the ANC because they think they will have access to resources, whether mm. rightfully so or wrongfully so. It's something that's there. So you don't need to understand things happening outside the ANC to come to that conclusion. It's, it's a simple, in my view, conclusion to come to. But there might also be amongst those plethora of, 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 of political parties people who are genuinely concerned about what's happening in the country. And uh, they are maybe trying to influence things. Um, whether then the system um, in itself will allow them to do that is, 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 is something else. Uh, I just wanted to, to pick out the point that my colleague Justice spoke about. I actually don't think that we should wait for what he perceives to be maturity, to allow individuals to stand for public office. There are 
I believe many South Africans who are credible, high integrity, and who have the best interests of this country, who would be willing to stand up for public office outside the party political system, where they would then be accountable to the constituencies that they that would have elected them to that public office. And, I mean, I, I, I was referring to a case earlier on. I think the case is now. The case is not going to come. I think there's a case that sits with the Constitutional Court um, on the 2nd of May, which is the day after tomorrow, where the court has to make a decision whether the Electoral Court is in effect, sorry, the Electoral Act is in effect constitutional. And I don't know what the outcome is going to be. But if we were to take on a hypothesis where the outcome of the court is that the Electoral Act is not constitutional, then we sit with a crisis. Um, and, and I mean, it, it, the, in my view, the current Electoral Act infringes on individuals' right to stand for public office. Why does the Electoral Act insist that I must belong to a grouping for me to stand for political office? Because that's what a political party is. It's a grouping. Mm. So it, it, it fundamentally infringes on a basic right that not only forms the Constitution, but forms the very basic Bill of Rights of the Constitution. So the argument is, is all these elections that we've been having as a nation, in my view, have infringed on this right. And the issue is, are we going to continue to do so? So I, I think we, we do sit with a, a potential difficulty if, 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 if the Constitutional Court rules that that act is, is, uh, is, is unconstitutional. Look, I mean, the, 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 um, if you recall, the history of that uh, was basically because it was a negotiated phenomenon because the initial pre-Codessa uh, agreement was one, one man, one vote, right? And then on a negotiated settlement arrangement, the minority parties at that time were fearful of, that's how the electoral system was changed, to say, look, these guys are going to swallow us. And then uh, there was a negotiated arrangement. That's where the current electoral system came about, because then, but indeed I do agree, as a, as a matter of fact, to say, look, ultimately, as we mature, we need to come to a level where Dr. Mbele can stand up and say, elect me. Um, but as to the findings of the constitutional court, that will be very interesting because they would have to undo the the negotiated settlement because that's how the electoral system came about in terms of the parties then to say, look, this is how we formulate the electoral. The, indeed, the first electoral proposal was on a one-man-one-vote uh, basis where you could just stand up and each vote will be counted on its own. But it's different now. So I'll be very interested to, 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 to watch the 2nd of May outcome. So um, I think I do agree it is a problem. To We have a classical example now where a lot of people are split between if I, if I vote for Cyril, am I voting for the ANC? Because they want to, to split that. But the fact of the matter is that because of our, uh, the, the way our system is, you better understand that if if you're voting for Cyril, you're voting for the party, because the party is the one that would nominate Cyril subsequently 
to stand for president. You're raising a very interesting um, point, Justice, about um, the nomination of an individual in the context of a political system. Um, apparently, maybe there's something that we could just share light on. Firstly, um, so you can't divorce Cyril from the party. In a way, you can't div- divorce Musi Maimani from the DA. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he is the custodian of the party. He represents the party. He mm-hmm. does not represent his jacket, mm-hmm. uh, but the collective, as, as it were. Um, but now that it has been established that he represents the collective, um, you know, he's on, on the case of the ANC, Cyril, he's been campaigning on a clean slate, clean governance. Uh, we've seen, um, uh, you know, the seriousness which he's been taking uh, and, and, you know, in some instances admitting when you look at the state capture, uh, all his, um, you know, statements post the SONA um, has always been an uh, admission of guilt mm. that the ANC um, has, has, has made series of, 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 of mistakes and those who were found wanting will have to account um, uh, uh, law-wise. Does that, does that an ordinary person who has been listening and uh, assessing the trajectory of almost confessions, uh, you know, put before, put forward by Cyril as as individual, does that represent confidence? Does that mean uh, more and more people are likely to vote because he represents a particular um, ethos, that of good governance, um, that could also bring back. Remember, we have had instances where almost about nine million. Uh, 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 people who who were just neither this nor that. Mm. Could this be an influencing factor, or um, is it too late um, for for even admission of guilt? That <laughs> <laughs> that that you know, is it too late to redeem, or there's still hope for redemption? Mm. Now that um, you know, uh, he has made confession that we have made a boo-boo mm. and and part of a turnaround. Uh, you can't do a turnaround until you admit. Mm. First and foremost, that we have erred mm. as the party, and we are taking corrective measures. Um, the mm. state capture, you know, was our own doing, uh, and so on and so forth. Does that, uh, you know, speak to an ordinary person who is likely to say, "Well, at least he's admitted," and secondly, he seems to be cleaner, you know, uh, compared to the rest. Hunati, um, <laughs> what do you think? I was hoping justice would answer this one. <laughs> but okay, but uh, I think there's 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 a couple of things to consider. I think there's something in your statement when you said cleaner. Uh, I think that's that's loaded. <laughs> um, I think that the average South African might be convinced a little bit by that, precisely because the average South African doesn't read the average South African doesn't they vote on emotions they vote on there's the level of objectivity in the voting I think is, is very low in my view so when you are perceived or you can make yourself to be perceived to to do things right um, you will you will convince some people but uh, for me, uh, I'm not convinced. Um, there's just too many things uh, that, in my view, are, are quite, quite hanging. Um, fundamentally, as a as a person who believes in leadership and ethics, I generally have a concern when people look for positions. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that the best leaders we have 
are reluctant leaders, are people who are not looking for the position. And from the little that I know about our president is that he's been looking for this position. Um, some people say that he went to the business because he didn't get a position. So I get concerned immediately. Um, I, I generally also feel that people who look for positions, it's either they don't understand what it entails to be in that position or they have a desire to abuse the position. And I don't know which of these two he might be in. But for me, there's just too many questions about history, um, allegations that, in my view, he doesn't respond correctly in a lead-up to an election. If he was a U.S. president and somebody had said that he had written to a special branch sometime in the early 80s, he would respond to the question more directly. If the allegation is that you wrote, the response can't be that, no, they asked me to testify. No, but the allegation is not about testifying. The allegation is you wrote to the special branch. So a simple answer would be, I didn't write to the special branch. But is it not nature of politics? I mean, it's fine. Show me one politician that it will respond be. to Look, a specific question. They all meander. It's it's fine, but 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 the point I'm trying to make is, it's not that we are without examples of people who you would call they are into politics, but I don't think they consider themselves to be in politics more than they consider themselves to be servants of the people, and they will lead the people based on that understanding. I mean, we have an example in Ghana. I don't know if the president of Ghana considers himself to be in politics. My impression of him is that he considers himself to be a servant of the people of Ghana. And the, the things that must be done that are in the best interest of the people of Ghana must be done, regardless of what his political affiliation might be. So to then accept that people must therefore behave in any way simply because they're in politics, I think that's the wrong path that we've been going in this country because we're then unable to identify quite early when things go wrong because we tend to accept them that it is part of the politics. And that's the challenge that if we're going to turn this country around, we must face. We must have some mechanisms that we build into our society to tell us or some early warning systems. And I'm saying in this instance with our honorable president, I already see some early warning systems or early warnings with him that I'm concerned about. Well, Justice, before before you respond, um, let us also, you know, juxtapose his assertion, you know, and, and put it at the level mm. of the DA um, as a second largest party. Um, you know, um, borrowing his words, the early warning system. Um, is the DA in, the, in a position that could transform the economy as it were? Um, do people, my money and the rest of his cohort um, capable of transforming the economy to a point where, um, you know, some of the shenanigans, I mean, he's quite eloquent. I, I really have respect for him. Um, but obviously rhetoric and actions are completely two different things. We have seen it uh, in, in real, in real terms. Um, you know, the bureaucrats, officials uh, will be running the economy um, in terms of, of implementation of the policies. So, so we need to draw the distinction between, Euphoria at the at the executive level and how they translate. Well, they might argue that Eastern Western Cape has been governed, you know, was more of a, more of a cleaner province administratively compared to the rest. Um, but 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 if are we going to agree therefore that 
you know, the, their manifesto in terms of restoration, restoration of the economy is more likely to deliver? Um, I'm tempted to, 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 to respond to some of the, at least your initial part of the question. Um, but before I answer the, the version about the DA, perhaps what we, what we could do is, um, if you look at the president, for instance, where the reality that we face is that, um, whether we like it or not, at this point, you represent the majority party, right? So, the, the reality that we face is that we are more likely to, f- to see on the 15th of May that the ANC has won by so much percentage. It's a question now of at what percentage, whether it's 60 or 50. Some other people are, are already uh, forecasting that they might, we might be facing a politics of, of coalitions because of, of, of exactly the uncertainty that you're talking about. So where I would have tackled the response that of the question you asked would we have been from that perspective. So perhaps after the break, I'll take it, I'll take it from there to say, look, on what we are facing, can, can I then assess uh, the president from a leadership perspective? There you have it. Justice has already uh, jumped the gun and asked for a break. The man is asking for a break. Let's give a man a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. It's amazing how time flies. It is almost uh, 70 minutes to 7 o'clock. And I'm joined in studio by Team Tony as well as Justice Ndaba uh, from Lulichenka's group. Before we went to the break, um, you know, we, 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 you know, literally getting our heads around, um, the, the political landscape in the country. And, and the question is, um, you know, from a turnaround point of view, what will it take? Which party is likely to redeem itself or which party will, you know, will take the country out, out of this, you know, uh, economic fiasco as, as it were? Um, I welcome your thoughts as always. Our SMS, SMS line is uh, 34519. My email address is nimrod.hi.com. And I see there are a couple of tweets that are coming through. Uh, one says, hi, hi, Nimrod, you are such a gentleman. You're such a gentleman. Love your show. I choose not to even bother to vote. Right or wrong, uh, the rot is too deep. And this comes from Helene. Thank you very much. The other one goes as follows. Uh, Justice, you are a very intelligent man. Uh, thank you very much, um, um, Justice. You you've been noted as a very intelligent <laughs> folk. Thank you very much, and keep them coming. Uh, we really appreciate your your insight. It's quite uh, useful as you make the show what it is. Mm. Um, moving on, um, we have picked up that the ANC is likely to lose majority. What percentage we don't know because the the the, the voting patterns are still racially bound. I mean, the fact that majority of blacks are likely to vote for ANC in the same way as the majority of, uh, you know, whites are likely to vote for DA. And those are, uh, uh, you know, um, historical narratives that we can't avoid. But Changing, the, though. You know, um, you know, well, obviously, the ANC, the EFF is chipping into the black votes from the ANC in the main and perhaps maybe from the DA and so on and so forth, mm. you know. So, so, so for now, as, as things stand, 
unfortunately, we're still voting along racial lines. And, and that also has in, in implications in terms of the social cohesion. We often talk about social cohesion. We cannot be called, we cannot be seen to be cohesive when we are still voting along racial lines and gender lines. I mean, it's even worse now that there's issues of inequality based on race and class. Um, so that, that makes the, the whole, um, you know, scenario more complex. But be as it may, the question for me is, and I'm sure anyone else would want to know, is, Assuming that ANC loses um, by whatever percentage, uh, as it is, as it were, are we envisaging a scenario where we're going to have a coalition government? And if we do have coalition government, what implication? What implication will that have in terms of stability? The reason why I'm asking the coalition government at the national and provincial level is that we have seen if the local municipality. Uh, situation you've seen at uh, Nelson Mandela Bay is anything to go by. If those two incidents, Tuane as well as uh, uh, you know Nelson Mandela Bay, uh, is anything to go by, we are in a big trouble. The question is, are we ready for coalition government? And what will it take for us as a country uh, to acknowledge that um, you know uh, we, we are moving to a space where the NC will no longer going to be a dominant party. We're going to share power. The, um, the, the coalition experience that we've had in, in South Africa is not a, a very good example of coalitions. But government. nonetheless, but nonetheless coalition. Mainly because if you have coalitions that are not based on, on sufficient principles, uh, at this point the strategy from the EFF has been we want to be kingmakers. We will be in coalition with you, but if you recall, both in Tswane and both in, 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 in Johannesburg, also in Nelson Mandela Bay, while we, they went into coalition, they refused to accept any positions of, of, of power. Meaning that <clears throat> why contaminate yourself if you want to stay outside and criticize? But for the purposes of being kingmakers, we will be in coalition with you so that we can rid ourselves of this one. Now, that's the point. So in, in terms of that, the coalition as we've seen it, is not a coalition based on principles. Therefore, it's, it's, it's a coalition based on convenience, convenience right? So it's, an, it's not a good example of, of, of coalitions. Um, the other problem that I see is because in South Africa, we really do not have a, a national agenda, uh, which can be a collective agenda, so that who, it does not really matter which party comes into power there is a, a a national hymn book, right, that everybody sings from. What then differs is the matter of approach based on the different uh, party preferences. So hence you see more and more manifestos that when you look at them, they seem to more... They look the same? They're just, just about the same. Uh, you don't... No one distinguishes themselves as to, you know, uh, it's almost like you're reading the same document. And more and more you see more of rhetoric and populism because, like my colleague was saying, the policy standpoint no longer matters because people are not reading into the policies. They're looking at really the populism and the rhetoric and so on. But if people, if we dig deeper, then choices will differ. And, and by the way, the, 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 the voting patterns are changing. Uh, the reality in terms of the racial alliances are differing. Uh, the, the, the statistics are beginning to show. 
um, that sooner or later, um, you know, um, we would no longer be saying that blacks are voting for ANC, whites are voting. So that that pattern is changing quite drastically. For for, for our own sake, um, uh, I might add, Onati, um, the status of readiness. Are we ready for a coalition government? Well, maybe we don't need to be ready. Maybe we just need enough trouble to start sailing in the, this new ocean called coalition governance. And, and I think that maybe we do have enough trouble to start sailing into that. Even if we do not have the experience to have stable coalition governments. I agree with my colleague about the lack of a vision. Uh, I, I, I think there's consensus maybe to some mandarins about the value of the national development plan. But I don't think there's a general country understanding of what that means and what that entails from a vision perspective. And for me, it's a good document. It's a good plan. I don't know if we have, though, the resources and the will to implement it. But as a plan, it's a good plan. But I don't see an effort, certainly from this administration, to sell the plan and get the whole nation behind the plan so that we can do exactly what my colleague was saying. So I don't think we need to be ready. And I, I doubt if, as a country, we've been ready for anything. Uh, I, I mean, I can go back to 1909. I mean, I, I don't think the people that formed the ANC in 1912 were ready for the Union of South Africa in 1910, you know. Uh, I don't think the ANC Youth League oh, was ready for the Nationalist Party in 1948. Um, I don't think the ANC in its own documents, was ready for what happened in 1994. So if we have this perception that we're going to be fully ready for something, I don't think it's going to happen. I think there must just be enough circumstances that force us in the right direction, and then we must just go into that right direction. I agree that uh, there's there's going to be a lot more, there has to be a lot more cooperation for us as South Africans to get ourselves out of the trouble. that, And that should like all South Africans, be the most important thing rather than the desire to ascend to a position. I think that's the challenge that, that, that we have, is that the people who claim to be leaders are people who want positions rather than people who want to serve this nation. I certainly don't have the idea that of the march that have written by, of Oar Tambo and many of his contemporaries that they joined or they sought to struggle so that they can have positions. I think they dedicated their lives because of the circumstances that were there and they sought to do something about it. And perhaps that's what we need. We need the same spirit even to this day that there must be South Africans who have the same spirit who at the base of their heart is what is the best interest of this country and are willing to act that even if it makes them unpopular. You know, in my other field, in the transportation uh, engineering and planning field that I work in, I always make the comment that, you know, the people that created the mess that we have in our transportation system were more committed than the people who are trying to uproot it. And if that's the case, then we will never uproot it. Mm. And that's the challenge, in my view, that, 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 that we face, is that the people we call leaders are not interested 
really in uprooting the problems that we face. They are interested in the position and access to resources. Absolutely, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. But here's another issue that you have raised, which I think it will be injustice for us not to reflect on slightly, because you know I've seen it elsewhere. The the the, the national development plan, as you've correctly pointed out, it is it is a good strategy document, uh, and in terms of how it 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 seeks to propel the economy to a point where we are reaping the five you know five percent uh, uh, you know five uh, percent growth economic growth, as it were, um, you know, so that we're able to address unemployment, inequality, and, and really create revenue uh, for us to, to, to get the country to a level that we all desire. However, we seem to have failed to, you know, harness and harmonize all different schools of thought in all the political parties to put it at the center, you know, to say if indeed it's a, it's a, it's a document which has got nothing to do with the ANC, but a document that puts the country first, you know, um, you know, irrespective of your political affiliation. It is something that we all need and subscribe to, and, and how do we translate it to a, a common vision, as Justice has pointed out, that there should be no deviation, you know, in terms of execution. We might, we might differ in terms of tactics but overall this is our you know strategy document moving forward and that's one big missing point that I've noted the second missing point which Unati um, you know hitting on a nail is the fact that you cannot have a plan uh, without looking at the, the the financial resources you cannot have a plan without looking at the, all the supporting infrastructure to make the plan um, you know um, actionable you know for an example um, even though we talk of the medium-term expenditure framework, you know, when you look at education as an apex priority, we don't have a sim- we don't seem to have a clearer plan as to how um, education, as it were, in the context of NDP, um, is going to get to a point where we we really reap the benefits. In the same way, the economy, health, and so on and so forth. Personally, what we need in the long term is to have one single document which all South Africans across the political line can subscribe to, buy into it and say, yes, we commit. If DA becomes a governing party, we'll execute that. If the EFF becomes a political party, we'll execute that. If any other political party, personally, that's what we need because that could get to a point where we, 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 are, we are harmonizing. So far, uh, we, we are more polarized than ever. Well, the, 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 the fact of the matter is that the, um, the NDP is a government policy. So it's not a party document and, or a plan. So any uh, political party that takes power has no choice but to, to bring their own. To, no, no, to follow the NDP because it's an ado- unless they go and unadopt the NDP. By the way, it's left with 10 years. Uh, 11 years exactly, because 2030, it, 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 while we're still talking, while we're still talking, the NDP, it's, it's, a, it's a 2030 document. 2030, we have to, re, to revisit and adopt a new one, basically. But it's, it is a, it's an illustration of South Africa to say we, are, we put together good documents, we could put together good tactical plans. Once we have done that, we then go back to having meetings about the document, 
and having strategic uh, sessions about the document. By that time, when we still thinking about implementation, it's 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 now exactly um, uh, uh, eleven years, uh, nine years since the NDP was adopted as a plan. And in the NDP, by the way, those plans that you're talking about, the action, the objectives are annual. So there are annual plans to say this is what we'll achieve in year one, year two, year three, up to 2030. So they are there. The, the roadmap is clearly, it's just the point that we're talking about, that putting resources behind the plan. At the moment, it's sitting in the, um, I think in the, in, in the whatever you call it, the, the Department of Monitoring and Planning. As, as a, and once you place it in one individual department, uh, uh, um, it's not going to be implemented. As we're wrecking up, just, I'll, I'll beg, I want to beg, I want to differ with you. It's not about resources, it's about leadership. You know, because, uh, you know, uh, you know, fundamentally, it's about we can do more with less. In this country, we are well endowed with resources mm-hmm. and we, we, we're messing them up. And education is you the know, highest budget. You know, we're messing uh, them up. Uh, so I don't think it's about resources, it's about, it's about leadership. It's about sevenhood leadership that you've, that you've alluded to earlier, uh, you know, Udati. So those are some of the things that we're going back to drain board. And hence my initial point that in South Africa, you know, politics is almost looked at as a means to an end. You know, <laughs> in some, in some instances, it's about an end in itself because once we change the narrative, we have a clearer picture on why people go into politics. Because people go into politics because they feel left out and it, in, it, they want to have an opportunity to loot. Not so much about opportunity to serve other people, you know. So this, this plethora of political parties that I've seen, somebody needs to go back and really dig deep in and stop. The real reason why people are joining into politics. As we're wrapping up, your final word, Unati. Um, uh, <clears throat> I think we, as a country, I, I know we have a state capture commission, but I think we are captured in many other ways. And our ability intellectually to indetep- independently determine our own path is perhaps the biggest capture that we must deal with. I don't think that uh, the Guptas or whoever other people are being investigated are the worst captures that are there. I think they are worst captures. And until we find a way to extricate ourselves from the bigger captures, or capturers rather, uh, we will always uh, have these difficulties. I, and for me, I think the ANC has been captured for decades and, uh, and and we are bearing the fruits of that. And and I mean, even now, it's no longer a contestation between right and wrong. It's a contestation of wrongs, and that's why we're in a mess. Absolutely, <laughs> contestations of wrongs. Just is literally ten seconds. No, I think we need to continue to. We are fortunate in South Africa that we've had uh, very vocal NGOs, very vocal um, journalists in terms of uh, media framework. We need to continue to do that to hold us accountable, and we need active citizenry. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. It's amazing how time flies. It has been an absolute pleasure. And as we, as a party should, let me acknowledge an, uh, an SMS that came from Rodney. He says, excellent program as always, and your guests are spot on regarding the election, Rod- uh, Rodney. Um, well, gentlemen, thank you very much. Justice and uh, Unati. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Adios.